Alrighty, welcome to the Barcelona Blogrunners podcast. My name is Josh. This is going to be a quick one. We're trying to keep the early and late week podcast a bit shorter, and then before El Clasico on Wednesday, hopefully we'll have something a bit more, a bit lengthier and content for you guys. So really we're not going to talk too much about El Clasico. There's plenty of stuff already on the site about it. We've already moved on from the Real Sociedad match uh, this morning as I'm recording this on Monday. We are ready to go for El Clasico. Both teams tied on points. Barcelona had on goal differential. Both teams uh, perhaps looked a little bit ahead over the weekend in their respective La Liga matches, although we're going to talk about Barcelona's um, draw at Real Sociedad. Real Madrid didn't look that great either. Both teams are, despite being at the top of La Liga coming into the match a little bit, um, I would say not at full form and uh, not at full strength either. Well, Barcelona, I suppose, is at pretty much full strength, but Real Madrid is not. It's going to be an interesting match. That's kind of all I really want to talk about in terms of that today. Um, the Real Sociedad match. So 2-2, Barcelona. Um, they So there's two aspects to this match. There's the on-the-pitch aspect of how Barcelona played, and then there's the VAR aspect. So let's just get the VAR aspect out of the way. So Barcelona are reportedly going to launch a formal complaint to the RFEF about the use of VAR and ask, ask for an explanation as to why the first penalty was given and the second one was not. It's it's difficult to to really have like an unbiased opinion about this. I think if you're a Barcelona fan, you're obviously feeling robbed. I, I don't know how you're feeling if you're a Real Sociedad fan, and I don't know how you're feeling if you're a ne- neutral observer, excuse me, because they were both very similar in terms of the in terms of the validity of a penalty whether or not it should have been given they're going to get some sort of explanation like i doubt they're going to admit it was a mistake even if they do guess what it doesn't matter the points are still gone those are two pretty massive points it's one of those tough things where like yeah if the penalty was given to barcelona then things could have potentially been very different but barcelona also allowed themselves plenty of opportunities on the pitch to look back on and regret. So Messi, let's talk about him, for once wasn't uh, wasn't incredible. There were some moments left to be desired with the magician and the way that um, the way that the offense was run. I uh, I was talking to so a while ago we did a kind of like a live stream like question and answer thing and one of the one of the viewers um, on Twitch, his name is the True Messiah. Came in, and it was kind of one of the first things he pointed out was kind of how meh messy was, and I, I think that's kind of a good way to put it. When him and I were talking about it, and it's difficult when you rely on Messi to bail you out of so many situations that when he doesn't bail you out of a match like this, it feels strange. Like he was pretty lethargic in the match. I will say that. Um, he does have to pick and choose his uh, his places to turn on the to turn on the excellence. Honestly, I find it somewhat strange he was even starting in this match. I guess I would have thought if um, I don't know. I, I guess I just would have thought that he wouldn't have returned. Um, it was just such a quiet performance. I guess that was. Uh, that was the weird thing about it. Like he had the early assist, um, or he had the assist to Suarez to put them up two one. That was his sixth um, assist in La Liga of the season. But his his just his touches were a little bit off, and he just wasn't really involved in play all that much. 
And I suppose when, because it's not unusual for Messi not to be involved in a ton of offensive action, right? Like there are matches where he like kind of disappears. He picks and chooses his spots. He'll make a quick play here, a quick play there, be involved in a short offensive patch there. And then, you know, he disappears for a little bit. It's very similar to LeBron picking and choosing his spots in the NBA, but you would, it's diff, I don't know. It's just difficult to rely that even in matches where he's not offensively potent or he's not involved that much, that he can still like all of a sudden get involved late in the match. Like that's not going to happen all the time. So, um, there's not really much to talk about with Messi. I don't think there's like I don't think it's a deep dive. I think it's just like he's an aging great player who picks and chooses his spots. And when you have two matches in a period of like three and a half days, maybe you just maybe you save some of those spots for when you play Real Madrid in the El Clasico. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Um, Ter Stegen finally made a you know a small mistake. Uh, he doesn't make mistakes all that often, but to come out on that cross was definitely a mistake, and it led to the goal. The the two bright spots for me from the match were Antoine Griezmann and Gerard Piquet. Griezmann has really been playing consistent as of late. His defensive tracking back has always been there, but now he really seems to be getting in the offensive fluidity. And like Renato always said, um, this was gonna this wasn't a short term project with Griezmann. This wasn't something that was gonna be solved in two weeks. This was something that was gonna take a little bit. And it seems like as of late, he has been more consistent and involved in the Barcelona offensive attack. PK was amazing in the defensive core. He was the bright spot for Barcelona's defense. Um, yeah, so I don't know what everyone else thinks of the match. It was disappointing. Um, I, I, I don't think there's a ton of like Valverde-ness from this match. I think it was just a... I think getting a point at Real Sociedad is important. Renato always talked about how playing this team away is always difficult for Barcelona. And uh, that's just kind of it. So we're going to talk about the um, the Coutinho match. And I'm going to talk a little bit about El Clasico. I can't help it. Right after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, and we're back. And real quick, I did just want to talk about Philippe Coutinho. He had an incredible performance for Bayern Munich over the weekend. He scored a hat-trick and had two assists. Then there were a ton of quotes from Bayern Munich players talking about how great he was, how it'd be nice to have a player like him on the team permanently, yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, he has an 120 million euro purchase option, I believe. So that's a pretty big obstacle. Bayern Munich, they spend money, but they do it very strategically. And I got to say, if they were to spend over $100 million on Philippe Coutinho, that would be a very un-Byron move, at least from my view. And again, uh, if you want to read more about Byron, the Bavarian Football Works team over at SB Nation does a great job. Um, of covering the team, but at least from my perspective, that would just be a very strange thing to see. Like it, it may work out, right? Like he's he's been inconsistent for them, but he has had very like solid moments of brilliance. Like he hasn't that he didn't have for Barcelona, and it really him not succeeding at Barcelona is just very strange to me. Like I I don't understand why he could do what he could do in the Premier League and then do it in the Bundesliga, but for some reason playing for Barcelona. It just didn't work, and maybe it was impatience, but it also feels like he had 
a plethora of opportunities. Like he had enough. A plethora is probably not the right word. It felt like he had enough opportunities to show up and prove who he was, and it just it never really it never really came to fruition. And um, that's just it kind of stinks because when he's playing like at his peak, he is so much fun to watch. Like I, just watching him. Whenever the it, him and Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne's obviously I think a a better player and more consistent. But those are two players that when they have the ball at their feet, and I don't necessarily expect them to weave through like ten people like you you know you would expect a moment of brilliance from Messi like that would include weaving through the entire defense. Um, I don't expect De Bruyne and continue to do that, but they can definitely make one or two people miss, and then just watching the ball come off their foot and the things they can do with curve and accuracy and timing are just incredible and you know if Coutinho is going to succeed somewhere um obviously it's it wasn't Barcelona it's not going to be Barcelona but I hope he finds continued success at Bayern Munich or somewhere and because frankly just players I don't know it's disappointing to watch players like that not find their uh not find their true talent and so I'm glad he moved on this quickly. I hope that uh, I hope the move becomes permanent and that we can continue to watch his greatness somewhere because when he is great, he is very, very fun to watch. It's a pleasure to watch him. Um, it's kind of the same thing as Dembele. Like, if it's not going to work out, um, I just hope he stays healthy and he can play well somewhere. There's guys like that. You just love to see their individualistic talent, and you hate to see them just kind of bogged down by injury and lack of, uh, lack of confidence at a club. So hats off to Coutinho. Hattrick and two assists over the weekend for Bayern Munich. Although any, anyone on that team seems to put up crazy stats. I think what did Lewandowski have like four or five goals in like 20 minutes the other day. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yeah, we're going to put the Real Sociedad match behind us. We're ready for Real Madrid Wednesday. El Clasico. I fit my, I fit my time for today. I wanted to talk a little bit about it, but I, I promised to keep this under about 12 minutes. So, I think we're going to cut it off here. We're going to get something special together for Wednesdays. The hope, the site is full of content. Griezmann is already talking about his favorite El Clasico moments. I think he talked about the Ronaldinho um, performance in 2005 where Real Madrid, the Bernabeu, gave him a standing ovation after he scored a brace. So use use these next couple days to fill up on your nostalgia for El Clasico matches. Check out the website, barcelonagranas.com. If you want to read about some Real Madrid stuff, managingmadrid.com is a great place to get your content for Real Madrid. And we will see you all heading into the match. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods. Let us know how we're doing, and we'll talk to you later.